Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. I want to thank every single one of the coaches that you just heard from from the ACC. I want to thank the ACC, Mike Finn, the moderator, and the institutions for allowing us opportunities like the teleconference to be able to talk with these coaches. You know, I can't make it out to every single city every single week. So it's nice to be able to be sitting in the studio and sitting at home and be able to talk to these coaches. So a big thanks to Bronco Mendenhall of the Virginia Cavaliers. A thank you to Justin Fuente of the Virginia Tech Hokies. Jimbo Fisher of Florida State Seminoles. Dabo Sweeney of the reigning champion Clemson Tigers. Dave Clawson of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Bobby Petrino of the Louisville Cardinals. And of course... Dino Babers of the Syracuse Orange. It is now that time in the show for this sound. It is none other than Fantasy Football Friday, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Syracuse, or in Camillus, New York, I should say, in Central New York. It is located on 3680. Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. It is in the Home Depot Plaza, right by the new Township 5 and all that. So you get off Hinsdale Road, coming from the city and whatnot, get right off of there and pull right in to 3680 Milton Avenue. It's a second off the highway. Or if you're in Camillus and Marcellus, you know what you got to do. You go up the hill, down the hill kind of type of thing. So thank you to everybody that's gone to the Wildcat Sports Pub for whatever, be it fantasy football watching, to you're just an NFL fan, to the NBA, NCAA, college basketball, college football, soccer, hockey, whatever it may be, or if you just went out there with the kids and had some fun, thank you for going out, and thank you for uh, for being the amazing group of fans that, that I feel very privileged and honored to be around and to have. It's very weird to say, you know, I have fans of the show or I have this. I don't think of myself that way. I just appreciate when you go out and support local businesses like mine and like the Wildcat, because we are working very diligently to, you know, be good to the community and do something nice. Some business owners are out there for the money and the prestige. And, you know, I mean, everybody wants to make money, but you have to care about the community. You have to care about each person that walks through the door. And, you know, Danny, for everything he does, and Heather over at at the Wildcat Sports Pub, they take the time to get to know you. And they literally will sit amongst everybody and go talk with people. I mean, they make themselves available. And some owners won't do that. Some are too afraid to hear what people have to say. Where they're right there with you, they're confident in what they do, and they make it a point to, you know, befriend the people, their patrons that come in. And and I appreciate that. I support that. And, and I thank them for that. Every time I do an event, they're both there. They both come up and shake my hand and thank me for being there. And that's some damn good ownership, in my opinion. So it is the place we watch fantasy football. And when you watch it, You obviously need advice beforehand because you can't go into the week not preparing. So Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com and myself, Dan Tortora, of course, of WakeUpCallDT.com, we get together every single week to advise you so that when you get to the Wildcat and you're sitting down and watching the games, you can feel more at ease and more comfortable. It's not a foolproof system but darn it if Mike and I don't work our butts off to put you in the best situation possible. Mike is here on the show, and we are ready for Week 10 of the NFL. Mike, how you doing today? Awesome. How you doing? I'm doing very well. And Mike, first and foremost, I want to go to the game that happened last night and just your thoughts, overall thoughts on this. 
first and foremost, this has nothing to do with, well, it has to do with fantasy, but it also has to do with reality. Thursday night games. There was some injuries that happened, Richard Richard Sherman being probably the most notable one to people across the country. What are your thoughts on Thursday night? It used to be just on Thanksgiving. It used to be Thursday night, maybe one or two other weeks of the year you'd see it outside of Thanksgiving. Now it's almost every single week of the 17-week NFL season. Like it or dislike Thursday night when when obviously there's an argument about injuries happening to players and, and it happened last night? Well, look, as a, as a fan of the game, as a fantasy football player, you know, I, you know, selfishly, I enjoy that on Thursday because what else am I going to do on a Thursday in November? You know, so I, it's 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 America. It's part of our culture. It, it's woven into the fabric of who and what we are. But it's quite obvious, you know, as a country, a lot of times we're gluttonous on some things, and this is one of them. And you know, when you're gluttonous, that can lead to harm or pain or hurt or suffering, and that's obviously what's happening here. It's very, very transparent that that's the case. So I would be an advocate for the betterment of the game just disband and stop all Thursday games because it's quite obvious it's it's not what it's cracked up to be, and too much of a good thing sometimes is just that, too much of a good thing. Well, you know, and I, I think, too, is, you know, what comes into question a lot is people say, you know, the quality of a Thursday night game because sometimes you're going to get some – really, really good Thursday night games and other times. And it's no offense to teams, but it's it's you got to fill the space. And if I'm an NFL team and I play one Thursday night game, I most certainly don't want to play two or three Thursday night games. So what you get from week to week is going to change. And, you know, Arizona, it's a different game if Carson Palmer's out there. So you lose that. But you look at, you know, what's to come up. This is week 10 of the NFL that we're already in. And if you go over to week 11, you know, your Thursday night game is, is Tennessee and Pittsburgh. That depends on what Tennessee team shows up as well as Pittsburgh. They've been good. They've been not so great. Pittsburgh's number one in the AFC, but they haven't had the best moments. You know, you look at one of the games that's coming up on Thanksgiving, Minnesota, Detroit, that's a huge divisional game, Los Angeles and Dallas. Well, it's fun to see Dallas, but give or take on LA the third game that's on NBC at 8.30 p.m. when I'm watching Home Alone and I will continue to watch Home Alone every Thanksgiving is the Giants at the Skins, which that game is is not fun. The, the Skins are almost out of it. The Giants are out of it. So, you know, you can't control what you get. But obviously, you know, there's the ups and downs. The, you know, the, the Thursday night matchup on the 30th, Washington at Dallas, that's a huge game. That's going to be a really fun game to watch. New Orleans and Atlanta, they try to make that fun. But again, you know, like Mike said, too much of a good thing. Is it really a good thing? We have Denver at Indianapolis on Thursday, December 14th. That game, you would have thought would be a blowout by Denver, and, and now God only knows what the hell it's going to be. But you're right. You know, too much of this can it just it causes issues and the thing that I don't like about it is the fact that I used to get up for a Thursday night game Mike I was like oh my god I was like I used to look forward to Thanksgiving every single year as a kid growing up because I was like oh Dallas is on and Detroit's on and I get to watch them and we never have Thursday night and I'm like mom it's so cool and I'm turning on the TV at noon and I'm pumped now it's that's every week and when you when you do it like that it, it kind of loses its its it's shine a little bit. 
And, you know, I selfishly, I never thought of the other side of it, which was for the players and how dangerous this can be as the season progresses that they don't get a full week to actually, you know, rest their bodies and get the treatment they need. Yeah, if you understand any of the science or medicine behind what these guys actually do, it would, you know, you, you definitely have a outlook. And if you don't have that uh, understanding, you should research that. Just look at some videos on YouTube even. You know, there's a, uh, I can remember watching a uh, an interview with Ray Lewis when he was still playing, and I asked him physically, what does it feel like playing in an NFL game? And he said, well, line up in front of your garage door about 10 yards deep and run full speed at your garage door and plow into it and then back up and do it 30 more times. That's pretty much what your body takes. You know, and your body is just a body. I mean, no matter, I know with nutrition, with training, these guys are superhuman and can do things that most of us can only not even imagine. But at the same time, you know, these bodies need time to recover. There's, uh, you know, when you're working out, you know, if, if you work out, your your muscles need time to recover. You know, we're not machines. We're not robots, at least not yet. We're not bionic. But, you know, and, and until we become that, we have to, you know, keep ourselves in check. The problem is, is everybody wants bigger, faster, stronger, and bigger, faster, stronger gets paid more, and everyone wants to get paid more, but, you know, even machines break down. Even robots need repairs. So, you know, there's 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 a time and place for everything. And, you know, it's like a smart man once said on the radio, Jim Phillips, many years ago, uh, you know, everything in moderation. You know, you don't have to discount one thing. You don't have to cut out another. Just everything in moderation. So I think if we just take a step back, don't be so gluttonous in our approach. And, you know, it, it's a business. Let's not forget that. It's a business. It's about money. And that's what's driven it to where it is now. And it's going to continue to grow. But, you know, this is a trend with the injuries to players. And, you know, it's a violent game. There's going to be injuries to players anyway. But, you know, when when you don't allow enough time to recover consistently, when there's a watered-down product because players are hurt or dinged up too much for the week before, whereas if they had two or three extra days, it it would be better. I mean, there's an instance where it actually saved somebody's job, if you think about it, last night. Blair Walsh, a kicker for Seattle, had an abysmal week 10 days ago. And look at it, they weren't, actually it was only uh, five days ago, they weren't going to cut him and try to bring in another kicker and, and do all that in three days. So what the coach did, Pete Carroll, which was very smart, because kicking is a lot mental, he told the kicker, look, I'm not bringing anybody else in, you're my guy. Just, you know, he had a bad day. It's no big deal. That got in the kicker's head that he had the vote of confidence. They weren't even bringing anybody else. And he had a pretty good game last night. So, you know, it, it can it can change things for the plus and the minus. But overall, is the way I see it. It's, it's just a detriment to the game right now. Yeah, you know, and, and I think as we move forward, we have to be smart with this. And, you know, it can't just be an NFL of – Make money, make money, make money, make money. And, you know, and people say this, you know, it's all about money, Dan. It's all about money, Dan. And I said, yeah, but when it's all about money and it's only about money, eventually that falls apart because it can't just be about money. And if it is, and that's the situation, well, then things happen. And when things happen, like we're seeing, things have to change because, 
the game is hurt without a guy like Richard Sherman. So, I mean, Seattle played Arizona. We know that Seattle's rushing attack is terrible. So, they didn't do much of anything. Uh, Adrian Peterson was was quiet as well. Andre Ellington, we had a sighting of him. Two carries for four yards and a touchdown. Shout out to Andre. That's a name that, I mean, normally he filled in for people in the past. But he actually uh, got into this game, did some things. Jermaine Gresham scored a touchdown at the t- as a tight end for Arizona two weeks in a row. Fitz had 113 yards. I told you guys to play him. Baldwin had 95. I told you to play him too. But here's two things, and their their names are almost the same. Jermaine Gresham and Jimmy Graham. One touchdown this week for Jermaine. One last week. Jimmy Graham, who has never been himself since leaving the Saints and coming to Seattle, had two touchdowns this week and two touchdowns two weeks ago in a game. Dare I say, is Jimmy Graham back? And then secondly, is Jermaine Gresham worth picking up? Wow, I would think that, you know, depending on where you are, if you're in a tough spot, Gresham might be because a tight end is a, is a security blanket for a quarterback. You know, that's a check down. That's a guy he can look at and rely on. You know, things are going bad. He's looking for that outlet to the running back or the tight end. So that could be a possibility. It's also, he's proven that he has the ability to catch the ball and do something with it in the red zone. So, yeah, I would think if you're in a tough position, you know, at tight end or if you're looking for a streaming fill, you know, he might be a guy, you know, as long as you keep things in perspective. This is a guy in a team that hasn't been performing like they should be overall. You know, you look at Jimmy Graham. Yeah, he's arrived, but you know what? If I was a Jimmy Graham owner and I had picked up like an Evan Ingram or you know even picked him up off the waiver wire, and now Evan Ingram looks like the most polished receiver on the team he's on, so that's definitely a tight end you want. You know, I may trade away Jimmy Graham and sell high. You know, he's he's been inconsistent in the past couple of years. There were even talks of him coming back to New Orleans. Now, mind you, in the past five games, he scored touchdowns, and in last night's game, he scored two. He looks good. He, he looked like him and uh, Russell Wilson were on page. And isn't that Russell Wilson something else? I mean, he has a tremendous night on the stat sheet, but not as tremendous as you would think. You look at it, and you're like, oh, uh, 238 yards passing, uh, pedestrian. Oh, two touchdowns. Great. But if you watch the game, you saw something different. This is a guy who scrambled like I hadn't seen scrambling before, spinning, twisted, throwing no-look passes, making things happen, being the driving force behind his team. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, he makes first downs. As a quarterback, your job, everybody will tell you something different, everybody will prioritize it, none of them will probably even say this. But when you break it down to what you do as a quarterback in the NFL, it's make first downs. Because if you're making first downs, you're leading your team. And if you're leading your team, making first downs, you're going to march down the field and you're going to score. If you're going to do that when you get the ball, you're going to win. And if you win, well, that's your job as the quarterback as well, and everybody loves you. So, you know, Russell Wilson is that guy. Uh, This is a Super Bowl contending team, even though they had a rough start, and even though they've lost some guys to injury. They do have Earl Thomas coming back. Um, Hopefully they'll find a better running attack and pass protection with the with the new newly acquired uh, uh, lineman they got from from uh, Houston, you know this is a team that can make it happen. Even though they've been unable to put together a standard rushing attack, they've been able to blend things in their offense 
and get the most out of the individual players and their individual talents. That's what great leadership does, and that's what makes Seattle so good. They're able to get the most out of the people they have. If you put these guys on any other team, they may not be stars on any other team. You look at these names, they don't look very impressive on paper. Doug Baldwin, Paul Richardson, Jimmy Graham, Nick Vanette, Thomas Rawls, J.D. McKissick. You're like, who? What? What do these guys do? Why are you giving me these names? Well, these are guys that are all participating, and as a team, up and down, man-to-man, I think they're a better team than most anybody in the league outside of the Patriots. So, you know, as long as they can keep... As long as Russell Wilson can keep that MVP-like pace going and lead his team to victory and do that by doing what he does, then that's make first downs. You know, this is going to be a promising year for Seattle. Uh, for Seattle. Yeah, you know, that's the thing about Russell Wilson is, is I've said it in the past is, you know, I don't draft him because he's not a, a consistently strong fantasy point performer. But I, I said yesterday uh, when I give the Thursday night football advice on Thursday's show, I, I said, you know, it's he's not the worst thing that you can go after. And I compared him to a bunch of other options you might have and why I would choose him over a bunch of these guys. I saw Russell Wilson, and Mike alluded to it, I saw Russell Wilson make a throw in the second half of this game where he dropped back, rolled left, Doug Baldwin was blocking on the play, as the broadcaster had stated. Doug Baldwin goes down the field. He just kind of chucks down the field, walking down there a little bit, this, that, and the other thing. Russell rolls to the left, sees the pressure coming, goes backward, goes over, goes backward, goes flying back, turns around, throws off his foot up in the air this dart. He didn't throw... He didn't throw a little rainbow pass. He didn't throw a soft touch. He turned around and beamed this ball out like he got shot out of a cannon. Then Doug Baldwin reached up, grabbed it, out jumped the DB, caught the ball, then ran down the sideline and almost scored the touchdown. Got right in front of the goal line. I mean, this was this. These are plays that I make on Madden. Okay. These are the plays that I make when I'm running backwards and then I heave it up in the air and people are like, why the hell would you chance that? Because that's what we do here, folks. We take risks. So, you know, I mean, Russell Wilson is like, he he may not be my every week fantasy player, but he may have just become my favorite Madden player currently. So, you know, I mean, he had two touchdowns, no picks. Last week he had a couple touchdowns. Like I told you, he's not a bad play. He has to do it all for the team because it's our, it's it's not a rushing team it's it's a passing team and Jimmy Graham you know he's alive now so dust him off your bench and put him out there if you haven't but I mean I got to tell you Mike I have you have you seen anybody make a pass like Russell Wills Tom Brady doesn't make passes like that no it's 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 crazy you know that that one play you just described to a T is you know something if you haven't seen it yet you're going to see it and you're going to go oh yeah he's right you know, that's something that's going to follow him that one play for a while now. It's going to be on his Hall of Fame role. So, you know, it, you know, hats off to him for being able to do that. Obviously, stuff like that, you know, it, it, players make it look easy. When you're good at something, you make it look easy. Trust me, that's not easy. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of energy. That's a lot of effort. That's a lot of trust. That's a lot of muscle memory. That's a lot of, uh, of, of physical and mental work. That just doesn't happen. And when you get on a field, they make it look like it just happens. 
you know, when Michael Jordan was playing basketball, he made it look easy. He, he was having fun with it, and to him it was easy at a certain point because of repetition, because of practice, because of time he put in. It's just like anything else. If you want to be good at something, you have to put the time in. And, you know, hats off to Russell Wilson for putting the time in. Yeah, absolutely. And the work that he has done it has been – I mean, it's it's amazing. He, he literally made me stop and go, nobody else in the NFL is doing that right now. No other one of the 31 quarterbacks starting in the NFL right now is making a pass like that. Nobody. And Russell Wilson, I mean, in the moments where he starts to dip down a little bit to me and I start to go, ah, yeah, you know, the team wins, but, you know, sometimes I'm like, how is Seattle winning these games? And it just, and he kind of goes quiet in my brain. And then last night he shot back up. And now all of a sudden for the rest of the season, if Seattle's on television, I'm tuned in. So Russell Wilson, good job on your part. You brought me back into the fray for sure. Uh, New Orleans at Buffalo. First game we're going to talk about for Sunday, November 12th. Mike, what do you have for this one? We know Buffalo's extremely dangerous at home. We we know that they lost to the Jets on the road, who are, are somehow dangerous at home as well, despite the fact that they are the Jets. So, you know, Buffalo's back at home. They got some good wins this season. New Orleans is cranking away. We thought that New Orleans might struggle a little bit with those first two losses of the season to potential playoff teams to the Vikings and the Patriots, but they're 6-2 and two right now, and they're riding a six-game winning streak. So, thoughts on New Orleans and Buffalo? Well, on the outside looking in, Buffalo disappointed me last week. You know, they were my they're going to be my ninth consecutive pick in the survivor pool, and I thought I was riding high. And oh yeah, it's an easy pick. They're they're looking great. You know, they they can do no wrong. Their defense is playing well. Their special teams is playing well. Tyrod Taylor was somehow getting it done without any receivers or tight ends. Shady McCoy was running like a madman. You can't stop him. Well, it's quite obvious how you stop him. You jump out to a lead, and they can't catch up. Now, that may have changed a little bit with the acquisition of Kelvin Benjamin. You know, hopefully if I'm a Buffalo fan, that's that's what I'm going to see. But, you know, New Orleans on the other side. New Orleans has always had trouble on the road. Drew Brees has always had trouble on the road. But I think, it, you know, a weakness was exposed in Buffalo. When you jump out on them, they can't climb back. They can't mix it up. They can't run the ball as effectively because they're trying to play catch-up. So I think in this game... From the outside looking in, if Breeze and company can get the ball, go down, march march down the field, stick it in the end zone, they're going to be up and play play with a lead. I think that, that bodes well for New Orleans. Now, you know, the, the temperature is going to be a little colder. It's going to be 42 degrees. I know that's nothing for you there, Dan. Um, <laughs> we had snow this morning, Mike. We have snow up here. Wow. Well, you look, you look at this game, and, you know, New Orleans is used to, you know, southern temperatures. They're used to playing in a dome situation. But then again, these are professional athletes in the NFL. They're used to playing under adverse conditions. I think Breeze and company are going to fight their way through this, and I think it's going to be a good game for New Orleans. I got Drew Breeze and, and Tyrod Taylor really close together in this game at 9 and 10, respectively, as far as quarterbacks go. You're looking at a running back situation. I don't think there's a better tandem than Ingram and Kamara in New Orleans. Um, you know, this is a it, both guys can do both things. By the way, both guys can be the pass catching guy. Both guys could be the lead back. But the way they mix them up and make things happen for the both of them really keeps the defenses, you know, on their toes. And you never know which guy is going to be the guy that's going to bust one loose because both of them can. 
But on the other side of the ball, Shady McCoy is worthy of a, you know, a number four running back ranking this week. This is a guy who, you know, can put the team on his back, but he can't put the team on his back and catch up to other teams. He can't do it all by himself. So hopefully with the acquisition of Kelvin Benjamin, Kelvin Benjamin on the team last week for the victory, uh, uh, for the loss, I should say. But at the same time, this is a guy who I think he can step right in. He can run the route tree. You know, even if he doesn't know all the lingo or the or the language or, or all the plays, you know, he, the guy next to him can tell him, hey, you run a skinny, you run a post, whatever, and, and, and he's going to be able to handle that. This is a guy 6'4", 245. I know he's had some weight issues, you know, coming into camp, they said. And, you know, you saw Photoshop pictures of him at 280 and so forth. And I don't know. I know he's had trouble with the weight. I know he's been up and down. But this is a guy who can bring a lot to Buffalo. Now, coming in, don't expect a lot right out. You know, he's a, he's a number 37-ranked re- receiver this week. So don't expect him to, to turn things on like, like a light switch here. But this is a guy who's gradually going to earn some time, get timing down with Tyrod Taylor, and be able to, to make some plays and be able to continue with Buffalo making his playoff push. On the other side of the ball, they got a couple other great receivers there in New Orleans. Michael Thomas, number four receiver this week, and Tekken Jr., if you look at his stats, he's only the number seven receiver overall this year, which is hard to hard to believe. But you know, I think that he's more of a of a role player than the star. I think Michael Thomas is the star. I got Ted Ginn as the number twenty seven receiver this week. Uh, Kobe Fleener, you know, he hasn't done anything this year. He I've dropped him everywhere I've had him, so you really can't count on Kobe Fleener this week. And on the Buffalo side, they should be getting Charles Clay back now. Nick O'Leary's filled in and had some bright, shining moments. He's also fumbled the ball. But Charles Clay was the leading receiver when he was there. And I think once Kelvin Benjamin gets up the pace in another week, once Charles Clay gets back from his injury in another week, I think Buffalo's going to be roaring to go again. But I think it's going to be mostly New Orleans in this game. Yeah, you know, I see New Orleans winning this game. I think that, you know, they obviously have the, <laughs> you know, they have the strength to, to get it done, Buffalo's done some good things, but they've been up and down, which which puts them into question for me as far as you know where I see them moving forward. You know they've lost to the Bengals, they've lost to the Jets, they've lost to the Panthers. All those games have been on the road, mind you. They've they've played very well at home, and that's where their victories have come. And yes, it will be colder, but we're talking about Drew Brees, and for another quarterback, maybe we have a conversation on you know with the will the cold eventually knock him out. I don't think so. You know, I think that the New Orleans Saints are a strong team, a competitive team, and Drew Brees is a seasoned vet. Uh, As far as injuries go in these games, Charles Clay is trying to come back. He currently is still on the injury report at the tight end position, questionable with a knee injury. He was limited on Thursday. Uh, Zay Jones wasn't at Bill's practice on Thursday with an ankle injury. He's questionable. For the New Orleans Saints, Michael Thomas' ankle injury was limited on Thursday. So, you know, everybody's kind of questionable right now of those individuals that I just named for you. As far as who I would put out there, I like LaShawn McCoy in this game. I think they're going to try and run the ball a lot. I don't think they're going to beam it too much. But Deontay Thompson's a pretty good pickup. 
if you need somebody in a flex position at wide receiver. He's definitely shown up here and done some good things. Kelvin Benjamin, the question mark is, you know, number one, he didn't play last week. I thought, you know, I was hoping that he would get out there. He didn't end up playing, and he's been nursing kind of an injury that's left him questionable as well. So, you know, Deontay Thompson, I like him, and I like LaShawn McCoy on Buffalo side. For New Orleans, I like Drew Brees, and if they're running the ball, like Mike said, the one-two tandem, talk to you about this tandem since week two or three that I really felt like there was no place for Adrian Peterson, and New Orleans, listen to me. Oh, my goodness. Normally, I'm screaming something, and it takes a year like, the whole season goes by, and then they're like, oh, Cleveland's like, maybe we don't need Brock Osweiler. We're just giving him money for no reason. So, Mark Ingram and Elvin Kamara, I like them both. Great one-two punch. Kamara's getting involved in the receiving game, too. Was the team's leading receiver last week, above Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn Jr. So, I like Breeze, Ingram, and Kamara. I've been playing Ingram and Kamara every single week. If you got them, play them. And Ted Ginn, not a bad flex guy. He's involved more in the offense. That's why. And Michael Thomas, you know, he's been up and down. Not really the guy that's going to meet you in the end zone. But if he's healthy enough to go and you need some help, then just watch the injury report, which you can pick up on quick links, wakeupcalldt.com. You can go to the Fantasy Football tab, or you can simply scroll down on the homepage, and there's a new addition that I put on there called Quick Links, and there's a link right there to fantasy football. So right in the quick links, it'll say fantasy advice. It'll take you there, and then you'll get your injury report. Proudly brought to you by Dr. Tim Whiting and 315 Chiropractic in Syracuse, New York. So if you need help with that, like the Michael Thomas pick, I understand. Come and see us for it. Green Bay at Chicago, Mike. What do you have for this one? Well, you know, early in the year, before this year even started, you would have thought this would have been an interesting matchup, and I'm, I'm sure it's still going to be, but for all the wrong reasons, there's definitely not going to be a lot of fantasy points in this game on either side of the ball, but just to give you an idea, I got I, I got Hunley, the Green Bay quarterback, I got him ranked as 23rd this week, I got Mitch Trubisky as 26. Now, I know there's a lot of hype on Trubisky right now, and there should be. You know, when you're a high draft pick, there should be. But, you know, you got to keep things in perspective as well. This, they're still very young in their careers. Still, Hunley's been around a while. Hunley should know the book a little better. Hunley should be able to get things done a little better, you would think. Well, they're not, been unable to run the ball. I mean, in Green Bay, Aaron Jones has had flashes of brilliance, but not really last week, not so much. I got Aaron Jones as number 21 running back this week, and Ty Montgomery as number 47. Now, on the other side of the ball is where your value is in this home game, Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, number five running back this week. This is a guy who continually gets it done at the beginning of the year. There was a, you know somebody over his shoulder and Tariq Cohen, but they, you know, they managed to try to put that thing together where it could be like a Tyreek Hill and a Kareem Hunt. Well, Cohen hasn't been doing his part lately, so you can't count on Cohen. I got him as the number 40 overall running back this week. And, you know, you got problems in your passing game on both sides of the ball because of the quarterback, and that's going to affect the receivers. You know, I can't rely on anybody. I got Jordy Nelson as a number 22 receiver. He's a number, He's normally a top five, top ten receiver. You know, I got Devontae Adams as a number 32 receiver. When your best receiver is called Kendall Wright, he's ranked number 51 on my list, like in Chicago's receiver, you got problems. So don't look for a lot of fantasy points in this game. 
look for some production out of Jordan Howard, maybe a Jordy Nelson. It'll be a surprise if anything else happens. But, hey, I've been proven wrong before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Chicago, not, not, not yet, and, uh, you know, being proven wrong before. Just Chicago is one of those things that uh, at the beginning of the season, I really honestly had high hopes for Jordan Howard, and I called him the only weapon on Chicago. And then with Tariq Cohen, I mean, he had such a nice week that I thought, okay, well, he's, you know, here's another opportunity for them. Now, on the other side of this thing, the the best benefit for Chicago is they're at home and they're playing against Brett Hundley and Green Bay, since losing Aaron Rodgers, hasn't won a game. So there's, there's a positive in that respect if you're Chicago. As far as their injury report goes, Deion Sims, their tight end, had an illness. He's questionable. Uh, Zach Miller's been placed on injury reserve probably because he just didn't want to play anymore. No, I'm kidding. But if you're if you're in Chicago, you're like just put me on injury reserve because because next year I'm a free agent. I'm just gonna go. So uh, Martellus Bennett, he's doubtful for the third week in a row. If you have him in fantasy and you haven't done what I did, which was drop him by this point, I would be a bit surprised. Outside of that, no real injuries to to be in concern of. As far as Green Bay goes, it, it, they're all over the place. Last week. They didn't have a receiver above 58 yards. They didn't have a rusher above 33 yards. So, and the only one to get a touchdown was Jamal Williams, who had one. He ran it from a yard out, and Brett Hundley, the quarterback. So, Aaron Jones put him at flex if you need some help. But the the huge drop from over 100 yards to 12 yards is very concerning to me. I know it's only two weeks, so I don't want to say don't play him, but just be cautious of playing him. Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, because they're playing the Bears, maybe this week you throw those guys out there, but they all fall to me. Jordy Jordy Nelson had 35 yards this past week. Devontae had 53. Devontae's being targeted the most, so he's your best bet, in my opinion. But, you know, Cobb and Nelson, if you have them, it's so hard for you to not want to play any of these guys but they do drop a little bit. I'm not saying leave them off. They are playing Chicago. I'm just saying don't expect them to have the numbers they would have with Aaron Rodgers, which is very clear for you. Uh, Jordan Howard this this past week had 102 yards rushing, So he's, and, and Tariq Cohen had four carries for two yards and a touchdown. So, again, it's that do you play, don't you play. They're wild, widely inconsistent, wildly inconsistent. Uh, Jordan Howard gets you 100 yards today, 14 next week. Tariq Cohen had 0.5 yards of carry but had a touchdown. So it, it depends on what you need and what you want. Hopefully you have better on your team. If you have an issue, then go to HallOfFameFantasyFootball.com, WakeUpCallDT.com, send me a message on Twitter at CallDT or Facebook at WakeUpCallDT, or you could just go to WakeUpCallDT.com, and on the fantasy Fantasy Football page you can write in a question to Mike and I. If you have Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, let us know who else you got because there's probably a better option. But, you know, it's it's really honestly up to you. I don't trust Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. I really don't. I want to, but I don't. And I know that between the two of them in my league, you would have gotten 16 points if you had them both. But there's other running backs out there that should be able to get you the yardage and get in the end zone and hopefully be more consistent for you. Cleveland at Detroit. This game is a game that Detroit desperately needs. And Cleveland, well, you know, at this point, they're just, you know, I guess getting ready in the boardroom for the number one pick. 
Cleveland at Detroit, Mike. What do you have for this one? Well, you said it right on the right on the spot there. You know, Cleveland is just a train wreck. You know, up and down the roster, there's not a lot of value there fantasy wise. You know, I I don't think I have a Cleveland player on most any of my teams this year. And if I had one, I probably got rid of them already. You know, there's been a couple spots, bright shining moments for guys like Njoku and Duke Johnson and Isaiah this year. But overall, they're I mean, when your top receiver going into this game is ranked number 46 and his name is Ricardo Lewis, you got problems. You got problems not just in the fantasy football world. You got problems in the real world as well. So I don't know what they're doing with that money ball situation anymore. And obviously, not unless, you know, three or four years from now, we look back on this and we go, wow, those guys were smart. Look what they did. They just can't seem to get it right. How many quarterbacks do they have to go through till they get it right? How many good quarterbacks are you going to pass on year after year until you get it right? It's obvious the problem is not with the coaches. It's obvious the problem is not with the players. It's obvious the problem in Cleveland is upstairs, upper management, bad decisions, bad personnel decisions. They should be much further along. I mean, when you look at pass on Dak Prescott, when you look, they passed on Carson Wentz. When you look, they could have had Deshaun Watson. They could have had a lot of guys. And this is what they have, and this is what they're putting out. If I was grown up and born and bred a Cleveland Brown fan, I don't know. I I, I don't know how I could watch football anymore. I really don't. It's just bad. Now, with that, watch them go out and beat Detroit 59 nothing somehow this week. But I got Deshaun Kaiser as the number 21 quarterback this week for them. On the other side of the ball, a polar opposite. You know, Stafford's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, one of the highest paid players in the league for a reason. He's the number three quarterback going in this week. Well, he's got ground support. He's got ground support from Amir Abdullah. Amir Abdullah, number 18 running back overall this week. And on the other side, because in the NFL, you have to run the ball. In the running back position, Duke Johnson, Isaiah Crowell, just about interchangeable. Duke's more of the PPR guy. I got Duke ranked at number 33 this week, and Isaiah at 27 as far as running backs go. And then again, the receiver. If your best receiver right now this week is Ricardo Lewis, you got problems. But on the other side of the ball, they got two of the better duo of wide receivers in the league in Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. I got Marvin Jones actually outpacing Golden Tate this this week. He's the number nine receiver in Golden Tate. Receiver, and I think it's going to be because Tate's going up against the number one on the other team. That takes edge off more. Great complimentary receiver. The fact that he's been past Golden Tate, which is fine with Detroit. It's fine with Golden Tate, I'm sure, because that's helping the team win. That's opened up another dynamic. Eric Ebron's falling off the earth. Looks like the guy that's going to be a number 28 tight end this week, but. You can't count on any of these guys at tight end on either side. Njoku, ranked number 16. Again, you know, you're not looking for a big production out of these guys. I'm just telling you where they're going to be this week. And so, in other words, don't count on anything from Cleveland, as usual. And it uh, looks like it's going to be all Detroit in this game. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I agree with Mike that Golden Tate and Marvin Jones Jr. are the guys that you have to go after and put out there. Marvin Jones has had... A very probably the best year of his career. And Cincinnati is supposed to be the number two to A.J. Green. It never worked out. 
And as far as being here, scoring week to week, getting into the end zone, getting the yardage. I mean, this is a guy that I'm excited to watch on Thanksgiving. So Marvin Jones Jr., Golden Tate, put him out there. Amir Abdullah fumbles too much. It's a danger. Matt Stafford, he's not getting crazy touchdowns, but he's playing Cleveland. And he, and he, you know, for the most part, has remained free of, of making those blunders and those mistakes. So I like Stafford. I like Golden Tate, Marvin Jones Jr. Maddie's had to do a lot without a running game for the most part, and he's done a good job. Cleveland, Isaiah Crowell, I know people want to give him a shot because he had 64 yards rushing and 54 yards receiving, and he led the team in both, and it was 118 yards, and he got a touchdown. But I, I, about two or three weeks ago, I dropped Isaiah Crowell. I think it was two weeks ago because of the fact that I just I didn't want to deal with the up and down anymore, and that was the one guy that I had on the team. Corey Coleman is on injury reserve. Josh Gordon is out, even though he's been temporarily reinstated by the NFL. The only thing more confusing than Josh Gordon is Ezekiel Elliott. And on Detroit's side, just to give you a little note here, on anybody that you should kind of prepare for, Kenny Galladay, hamstring injury. He was limited in practice. He's had a nagging injury for over a month now, and so you may have dropped him off your fantasy team. I didn't want to give up on him completely, but his health just, he hasn't been out on the field, and that's an issue. Cincinnati at Tennessee will be up next after this Fast Break. This is a wake-up call Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Thank you for tuning in to the broadcast. We are inside of the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny USA. And I am more than happy inside of this segment, which is Fantasy Football Friday, to give a special thanks to the Wildcat Sports Pub 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, home of the best house sauce that I have had in Central New York. Boneless wings, awesome menu. They got the Coke Freestyle machine there. Huge bar. Opportunity there to hang out with the kids. It's like a bunch of places in one. You got the games for the kids. You got the long tables for the families. Then you got the the high top tables. You got couches that you can hang out. Nice leather couches. You have the full bar that's all the way around. Long bar. TVs everywhere. 
it's a great experience, and it really is very nice. And it's kind of like sitting at home if you sat at home with really awesome furniture, great drinks, food, and people serving you all the time. Then, then that's what it feels like at the Wildcat Sports Pub. So make sure that you head out there. Those of you in the fantasy football leagues that we have in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, you get something awesome. You are a VIP, which means that if you go out to the Wildcat Sports Pub, you get 10% off of every single food purchase that you have from now all the way through the Super Bowl. Mike, we before we get into the next thing here, and it's actually ironic because we're going to discuss Tennessee, we got two questions. So with the recent news about Ezekiel Elliott, who's been suspended for the 73rd time this season, should, should they start Dak Prescott or Marcus Mariota? I'll give my thoughts, but after you, what do you got? Well, it's a good question because not a lot of people think about things like that, how that ground the core. But you also get a little more so the defense and what the game plan is probably going to draw up because of that. And I think Dak Prescott and Marcus Mariota are both quarterback ones. There's a fine line separating them. I got Dak Prescott ranked number eight this week, and I got Marcus Mariota ranked number 11. But I think when you look overall at the collapsibility of Atlanta, I think Dak Prescott is the way to go. Dak Prescott reminds me more so of a of a Russell Wilson. He's going to will the team to a first down. He's going to will the team to a win. He's going to help them push onward. He's going to use the tools around him. Now, not to say Mariota doesn't do that, but I think Mariota's attack is going to be a little more balanced in Tennessee. Tennessee runs the ball, and they run the ball well. They have the two power running backs that are almost interchangeable. So I think that if I had to choose between the two this week in this matchup, I would pick Dak Prescott, and I would go ahead and gladly play him over Mariota, but only by three position points. You know, the margin is not very big. You know, they're both quarterback ones. You can't go wrong either way, but I think Dak edges out Mariota. Yeah, you know, it's Marcus Mariota, to me, I would like his numbers to be better than what they have been. So for me to answer this question, does Ezekiel Elliott change the team a little bit? Yes. At the same time, anybody, for the most part, I mean, you can run behind that Dallas offensive line and you're going to be taken care of. So the way that I look at this is, yeah, losing Zeke is losing a couple touchdowns, you know, one to two touchdowns in a game. It's losing a guy that can catch out of the backfield. It's losing a power runner. But they have Rod Smith, who I have this feeling that he's going to turn into something as a young back. I have this belief that he might overtake the job uh, with Zeke out. Uh, Darren McFadden, I don't see too much from him. Alfred Morris might be a goal line guy. So, you know, but again, this is Dallas's offensive line. Mike and I can run behind it today with no preparation. So that's a good thing. And... Dak Prescott is taking care of business. You know, Dak has looked good in his sophomore season. There has not been the, you know, I mean, you look at numbers and yeah, okay, Carson Wentz was the guy as a freshman and then nobody was talking about Dak. Then Carson Wentz faltered and Dak got good and everybody shifted to Zach as the pro, or Dak as the prodigal son. This year, it's been Carson Wentz's show because the team in Philadelphia is the number one team in the country right now. So, that's, you know, it's kind of flip-flop back and forth, which I think has caused some people to take some emphasis off of Dak Prescott, but he's still a strong player. I don't trust Cincinnati like I trust Dallas when it comes to putting somebody out there. So if I had to choose, I'd still lean on Dak Prescott too. You know, I think that there's a better 
rushing tandem in Tennessee for sure by far. But again, you're running behind Dallas's line. So, and, and Dak Prescott, as much as he might be overlooked this season, the team is winning. They're doing good things. They beat a good Kansas City team most recently here. And, you know, guys have gotten involved. And obviously there's a lot of talent to throw the ball to out there for the Cowboys. So I feel I feel better about Dak than I would about Marcus Mariota, even with Elliott out. How do we feel this will affect the Cowboys? So I'll answer this and then I'll throw it over to Mike. How do I feel this will affect the boys? Well, I think, you know, it obviously affects their big play opportunity, the, the big run down the field. I don't know how much of that we're going to see from Alfred Morris and Rod Smith. So, you know, I think it, it definitely takes away some of the flash of Dallas. I think it takes away a really hard-hitting one-two punch. But again, I think Dak Prescott is talented enough to help carry this team. I think the defense has done some good things this year. And, you know, ultimately, I don't think Dallas is going to fall out of playoff favor. I think they're still a playoff hunt team that's in the uh, top six right now. They're actually number six going into this week. So I don't count out Dallas without Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think that this team has a one-dimensional, it's either him or nobody. But uh, I do think that the flash of it all might be taken away, and I think the big play opportunity of getting a 50-yard touchdown as opposed to being methodical on the field, that'll probably change things. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I think that Dallas is going to be okay. If you look at the, the you know the rest of their schedule, you know they got Atlanta. Atlanta's been known to collapse, and even though they're playing in Atlanta, and even though they're playing without Zeke, you know that dynamic offensive line. And Morris is no slouch. And Rod Smith, when he had the opportunity to play in preseason, looked great. Even though it was against threes and guys that are bagging groceries right now. You know, this is still a formidable NFL player, and these are guys that they can plug in behind that great offensive line and get some yardage out of them now they'll probably lose to philly coming up in a couple weeks the chargers that'll probably be a win washington that game could be a coin flip the giants they're going to beat the giants oakland okay that might be a loss for them seattle that might be a loss for them and philadelphia so if they run 500 down the down the stretch here they're still going to end with a winning record and probably i i would think at least a wild card so i think that you know, Morris is going to be fine. I think Dallas is going to be fine. My bigger question is going to be the health of Des Bryant. We saw him ding up the ankle, and he's been very limited and not didn't really participate in practice at all yesterday. He'll probably get a limited practice in this week. But my question is, is he going to be more of a decoy this week or a player? Now, he seems to be a baller. He's going to step it up. But, again, physical limitations are physical limitations. I mean, our bodies can only do so much before they break down. So this might be a situation where he's out there trying everything he can, you know, to do what he can. So temper your expectations with Des Bryant until he gets fully healed from that ankle. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, I would agree with that, too. Des has been more quiet this season for sure. To get it to get back into the games, because we're going we're gonna to address as we move on, we'll address Dallas when we get down to their matchup. Uh, we got a question about Dallas and I'm going to hold on to that question as a follow-up question until we get down to Dallas and Atlanta, because we do have to uh, run through some of these games and then we'll get right to that. Cincinnati at Tennessee is the next one up. Mike, what do you have for this? Well, I like the Tennessee back, you know, the Tennessee running back situation. I like that a lot. They're a tremendous one, two punch. I don't like them as much this week, I think Cincinnati's okay against the run. 
You know, when you look at, you know, the what Cincinnati can do at times, they look great. Well, at times they don't. But Cincinnati led by the, what do they call him, the redheaded rifle and Andy Dalton. I got him the number 18 quarterback this week. I got Mariota, the wiser to two picks here. He's a low-end QB one at 12. And then Joe Mixon. I like Joe Mixon the best out of all the running backs in this game. I got him the number 16-ranked running back. And the attack from Murray and Henry, the only reason why they're so downgraded to to low-end running back twos at 24 and uh, 26 is each other. They complement each other. They take away from each other. Now, they give for each other as well. They're great teammates, and it's been a great timeshare situation, but that doesn't bode well for fantasy football as much. A.J. Green, the best receiver on the field. He's the number three receiver this week. Tyler Croft has really stepped it up and, and, and stepped right in for Tyler Eifert in a next-man-up situation. He's a low-end tight end one this week. Rashard Matthews, the best that they have on the other side of the ball as far as receiver for Tennessee, number 30. But Delaney Walker is the guy who's the tight end to get you the most value in this game. The tight end for Tennessee is Marcus Mariota's security blanket, but they've also been able to match up down the middle of the field. So I think this bodes well for Tennessee. Now this is going to be interesting because Corey Davis is going to be getting an increase in snaps. The rookie finally able to take the field after you know time and injury. Uh, this is an opportunity for him to, to really shine. So look for a breakout game or at least some decent points and maybe a touchdown from Corey Davis as well. Yeah, you know, this game for me, for Tennessee, what I like about this, with Eric Decker being being on the injury report with an illness, he didn't practice on Thursday, you'd like to think he could go. Delaney Walker with an ankle injury did not practice on Thursday, and you'd like to think he'd be out there, he's questionable. But, you know, you can rely on the run and lean on the run a little bit. Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray have not been phenomenal DeMarco was all about yardage last year in his first season with Tennessee. It hasn't been that way this year. But, you know, between the two of them, either one of them is a good flex for you, in, in my opinion. I'd put Derrick Henry as, as a low-end two, high-end three, but either one of them would be a flex for me. If Delaney's good to go, you play Delaney Walker. Rashard Matthews is probably hanging out there somewhere because a lot of people forgot about him and didn't draft him. So he's a flex position because he's been able to score recently and Corey Davis, you know, he made me upset. He hasn't done much as a rookie out of Western Michigan. He's been very quiet. He's yet to get a touchdown this season. Has 101 total yards on nine catches. But, you know, like Mike said, he could be a sleeper for you to help you out. I think him or Rashard Matthews, if they're if they're in there somewhere in your free agency to pick them up, put them on your roster. If you need a flex this week and you need some help and you don't know where else to go, know that Marcus Mariota is going to throw the ball. But if they have to rely on running, I think there might be a little bit of leaning there if their guys aren't 100%. So it might be a tight end if Delaney Walker's good to go. It might be Delaney and Derrick Henry, Delaney and DeMarco, Delaney and a little bit of both. So I like those three guys in it uh, as far as I'm concerned moving forward. And then maybe uh, you flex out Corey Davis and uh, Richard, Richard Matthews. As far as Cincinnati goes, I like Tyler Croft. I picked him up. I picked him up when Tyler Eifert went down. And Tyler Croft has gotten me yardage every week, and he's scored. Uh, Brandon LaFell, who hasn't done much of anything, he's on the injury report. A.J. Green is so up and down. Like I told Mike going into this year, there's a reason why I don't draft A.J. Green. 
And so, I mean, Tyler Croft is the one I feel best about for Andy Dalton. And Joe Mixon, he got a touchdown, but he's not a yardage guy. He's a low-end three to me, a flex position player. He is not my one or two running back going into this game. He's not my one or two in, in any of the games so far this season because he's not shown me that he can get me 80, 90, 100 yards. He's shown me that he can get me 20, 30, 40, and maybe a touchdown, but maybe not. So until until he can start bruising a little bit and making things happen, I don't feel good about putting him out there and having him be my designated running back every week. Pittsburgh at Indianapolis, Mike. What do you have for this one? Well, this would be a good game for fantasy points. Well, if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan anyway. No, there'll be a couple on the Indianapolis side as well. But, you know, you three in Pittsburgh, the big three. Uh, you know, when you have the number one fantasy running back and the number one fantasy wide receiver in Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, you're going to do well. I mean, it's just, it, it, you're going to do well. If you have both of those guys on your team, number one, I don't know how you did it, but number two, congratulations, you're going to have a solid team. But Ben has been inconsistent this year, and yet still, I have him ranked as the number six quarterback because he seems to bounce back and find his way. Well, it's easy or easier with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown there. Jesse James will check in as a 23rd tight end, a low-end tight end two this week. And on the Indianapolis side, Jacoby Brissett, number 20 quarterback. Marlon Mack and Frank Gore. I got Mack as a number 34 running back this week. He's going to shine more as the PPR guy. Frank Gore, number 23, father time. They can't kill him yet. And Ty Hilton, T.Y. Ty Hilton, listen to me. T.Y. Hilton, number 13 receiver. And Jack Doyle is the best player in this game, I think, for Indianapolis. You know, he and Brissett have, have worked out this little thing going on. I don't know what they got going on, but it's working. He's the number four tight end this week. Yeah, you know, for, for this game with Pittsburgh, like Mike said, obviously, you know, Pitt's going to go out there and they got to take care of first place. Now, you might think that Ben Roethlisberger's been quiet this season and you wouldn't be wrong, but the guys being loud despite his quietness is Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Juju Smith-Schuster has had himself a pretty damn good season. And this is a guy who's a rookie out of USC, drafted in the second round, 62nd overall by Pittsburgh. And he had 193 yards on seven catches, targeted as many times as Antonio Brown, which was 10. And he had a touchdown uh, in this coming in their last game, so which was against Detroit a couple weeks ago. So there's obviously a, a lot of good in Pittsburgh and more firepower coming. They're kind of grooming themselves into this really difficult playoff team, and I still feel like people aren't paying attention to it. So Pittsburgh, uh, really nothing to be concerned about injury-wise. Indianapolis, Kamar Aiken has a hamstring inj injury. T.Y. Hilton has a groin injury. They're both questionable, and that's really all that you, uh, you have to be concerned about as far as injury-wise. But for Pitt... You play Le'Veon Bell. You play Antonio Brown. Juju Smith-Schuster might be hanging out there, folks. You pick him up. You throw him on your team. You make it happen. This guy has had himself a nice rookie season so far. He has four touchdowns this season and almost 200 yards a couple weeks ago. So I like Juju. I like What I like about Juju is that Ben targets him for these opportunities in the end zone. That's what I like. As far as on the other side of it with Indy, uh, Jack Doyle, and T.Y. Hilton, I feel good about. Marlon Mack, I still think he's going to break something this season. He's going to show you something good, but he's a very deep flex player. I feel good about Jack Doyle 
and T.Y. Hilton, I said, you know, eventually somebody's going to get the ball to him. Eventually, you'd like to think that he'll be relevant. And Jacoby Brissett got him the ball five times, two touchdowns, 175 yards most recently. So I like T.Y. in that game as well. Next up for us, Mike, is the Jets at Tampa Bay. What do you have for this? Wow, this is going to be kind of a revengeable, the flip the quarterback situation here with McCown and Fitzpatrick. I got these guys just about on level playing ground with McCown, the number 13 quarterback, and Fitzpatrick, the number 14 quarterback this week. I think where these teams are really separated are by the fact that, you know, well, number one, Jameis Winston's out for a couple weeks, and I think it might be longer than that. They always put a spin of optimism on it to keep the fans on the hook here as long as possible. And, you know, Mike Evans with the suspension. So this kind of levels things out a little bit. And, you know, it looks like the Jets are just going to march in Tampa and take one over. But just when you think that's going to happen, this Fitzpatrick guy shows up and he does the polar opposite of what you think. is a Harvard-type guy. This is a guy who's a smart playmaker and can take advantage of the playmakers around him. Now, even without Mike Evans, you still got, well, Djax is pretty good. He's a low-end, even though he'll be the number one guy. He's more of a one-trick pony, so he's the number 24 receiver this week. But Cameron Bray, definitely capable of being a top tight end this week, matching up with Fitzpatrick. Look out for an Adam Humphreys as well. This could be a sneaky play, especially in daily fantasy for you. You know, way under the radar. Fitzpatrick likes to air it out. I got Humphreys only as the number 50 receiver this week, but at the same time, he may show up like a Corey Davis. He may pop up, get six or seven catches on, you know, eight or nine targets and maybe a touchdown. So this could be a good sneaky play for you in daily. And on the other side of the ball, well, let me not forget Doug Martin. Doug Martin, a number 20 running back this week. On the other side of the ball, Bilal Powell, that's pretty much the running attack for the Jets. I know they've been trying, you know, McGuire. I know Forte looked good as of late, but Powell's where the value's at, the number 14 running back this week. Robbie Anderson's been lighting it up lately. He's only been scoring a touchdown in just about every game, getting some yardage. Seems to be the clutch guy, number 14 wide receiver this week. And, you know, Curse showing up. He'll be a good support receiver, number 34 wide receiver this week. Austin Severian Jenkins is where you're going to find some value. He's the number seven tight end this week. So as soon as you think a game's going to be boring and abysmal and poor quarterback play because these are no-name journeyman-type players, that's when you're going to be surprised. So I'm looking forward to watching this game just for that wow and surprise factor. Yeah, you know, this this is a game that's that's definitely, like Mike said, I mean, you have Ryan Fitzpatrick versus his old team, the team – that that had a good season with a pretty good season with him, then had some tumultuous time. Let him go. He's off in Tampa Bay. You know, do, is Ryan? When you look at a backup quarterback, are there many better than Ryan Fitzpatrick in the NFL right now? And I would venture to say no. As much as people want to get on Ryan's case, listen, he's done some good things for the Bills. He did some good things. He has gotten better with time. He did some good things with the Jets. He does good things with Tampa. He's becoming kind of the Vinny Testaverde, where. When you need him, he's there, and he can air it out, and he can make it fun. The irony of that is that Vinny Testaverde played for also the Jets and the Bucks, just like Ryan Fitzpatrick. So in this game, I want to start with the Jets side of things. I am not a fan of any of their running backs, but I am a fan of Robbie Anderson. 
I really like Robbie Anderson. Austin Safarian Jenkins, not a bad guy to put out there and consider. He is playing his old team, and there's one of two things that happens when a player plays the team that let them go, and that is they either go crazy or they're extremely quiet. So Austin Safarian Jenkins could be one or the other. Uh, Matt Forte in the game was he or he's limited with a knee injury right knee injury right now, and he is questionable. So make sure you watch that for Tampa. Uh, as Mike said, Winston is out at quarterback. Mike Evans is also out of this game. He's suspended. So, you know, for everything that happened, the altercation and whatnot in recent weeks. So, Austin Safarian Jenkins, not bad if you have a two tight end set. I don't think he's your dominant tight end, but I think he's worth your consideration. Robbie Anderson, I picked him up a few weeks ago. Love the guy because every week, like Mike said, it's like, boom, touchdown, 100 yards, touchdown, 48 yards, touchdown, 60 yards, touchdown. So much appreciated, Robbie Anderson. Tampa Bay, I told you I'm not a fan of Doug Martin. He got outran by Peyton Barber. Martin had eight carries for seven yards most recently. Peyton had 11 for 34. Neither one of them looked great, but Peyton Barber had the majority of the carries, so I don't really like any of this. Uh, Adam Humphreys, Mike said, is not a bad thought. You know, every quarterback has their favorite. So, Deshaun Jackson, look out for him. Look out for Humphreys. Look out for guys like this. Look out for Cameron Brate. Be And look out for O.J. Howard because you don't really know where Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to feel best with. So, any of these guys on your waiver wire free agency, if you need a wide receiver or a tight end to put in for this week and maybe this week only, you got plenty of opportunities in Tampa because it's kind of up in the air who's going to get the ball with Mike Evans out and a new quarterback under center. So do I feel great about anybody in Tampa? No. Do I think that somebody will perform out there in receiving? Absolutely. And on the other side of it, Robbie Anderson, he's the guy I lean on. Minnesota at at Washington. Big game for the Lake Minnetonka team because they have Teddy Bridge back on the sideline. If God only knows if he'll play this year or not. But as Mike and I were talking about off the air, Mike said, hey, listen, Bridge is back. Case Keenum's doing a pretty good job. The team is in the playoffs right now if they started today. And Washington, well, this is this would be a huge win. If this was college football, this would be a statement win by Washington. What do you think about this one? Yeah, this will be an interesting game. I don't think we're going to see Teddy Bridgewater. As a matter of fact, I think the game plan for the team is not to play him this year at all. However, I'm putting... Uh, Sam Bradford on IR and bringing uh, Bridgewater right back on the team as the backup leads me to believe that Bridgewater is going to be just fine. You know, you can't just take a year off of the NFL and think you're going to go out there and jump right in. Well, just think about it. We're one play away. We're one snap away from that actually happening because all you need is another injury. I'm not wishing anything bad on Keith. I'm just saying there. Hey, Mike. We lost you for a second here. Can you hear us? We might have, we might have lost Mike. We're gonna we're gonna give Mike a uh, we're gonna give Mike a call back here and get him set up here. We we lost his signal a little bit, so let's get Mike back on the line and let's get Mike set to go uh, once again. We are discussing Minnesota and Washington. Mike, we lost you here. What were you saying? No, I was just leading on to, you know, we're one play away from Bridgewater playing this year. I don't think that's the, you know, we're one play away. I don't think we could see some Bridgewater and we're able to make Bridgewater the backup. 
we thought they may have been. So this is going to be a great opportunity for Case Keenum to continue marching the team. He's done a wonderful job. He's the number 16 this week. But Kirk Cousins on the other side of the ball is doing a lot more with a lot less. You know, every year they seem to take a receiver or two away from Cousins, and he seems to keep putting up numbers. So they've been forced to keep putting the franchise tag on him because he keeps putting up these numbers. He's a low-end quarterback, one this week at number 12. They're running it. Jarek McKinnon is, has had the ability, and he's he's been able to put something out there. He's a the number 13 running back this week. Uh, A.B.'s Murray, not so much. He's been hot and cold, number 29 overall running back this week. Chris Thompson, all this guy does is overcome adversity. You know, if you you need to do some research on Chris Thompson and see what he's been through as far as injuries and strife in his life, things holding him back, but he's able to overcome them all. He's a number 17 running back this week with Fat Rob Kelly at number 36. And then you look at the real value in this game, it's on the for Minnesota. Stephon Diggs, number 8 wide receiver this week, and Adam Thielen, number 12 wide receiver this week. This is a 1-2 combo. This is a 1-2 punch that when they're both healthy, this is what moves the team. This is what moves the chains. Oh, and Kyle Rudolph as well, the number 6 tight end. Now, on the other side of the ball, not so much. you got some no-names for most people. Josh Doxson and Jamison Crowder at number 40 and number 57 wide receivers this week, and you know, Jordan Reed's been having a hard time staying on the field, number 14 tight end this week. You know, Vernon Davis is a safe pickup. If you have a Jordan Reed, you might want to make sure you're secure with a Vernon Davis backing him up because well, all the old man Vernon Davis seems to do is fill in for Jordan Reed very well whenever Jordan Reed's. So there's going to be some fantasy points. I look for Minnesota to pull this game out, and I look for Minnesota to put up the majority of the fantasy points as well. Yeah, you know, as far and Jordan Reed and Jamison Crowder both questionable for this game, so make sure you watch that, like Mike said. Stephon Diggs was a limited participant in practice this Thursday for something I, I don't think I've ever seen on an injury report. Stephon Diggs had a tooth injury. He was limited in practice due to his tooth. So, uh, I mean, I only know this being important in a practice if you're Mike Tyson because if you don't have your teeth, you can't win the fight. So I, I don't really know why it would affect Stephon Diggs as a wide receiver, but this is where we are. Stephon Diggs, I, I hope your tooth is okay, but uh, I like Stephon Diggs in this game. I like Adam Thielen. Jarek McKinnon, yeah, he is that guy that you can look to as a, as a, as a low-end two, high-end three running back for this week. They are playing up against Washington. They could do some things. I like Thielen and Diggs, though, in this. As far as uh, Kirk Cousins goes, he's up and down. And he, I really like what he can do. But I also know that Washington is not a 30-point-a-game team. So it, it goes it, it goes back and forth. Now, rushing attack, Chris Thompson, Samaj Perine, and Rob Kelly, they've all gotten involved this season. Who do I feel best about? It's a toss-up. It really is. I mean, if I had to put feet to the fire, I'd say Rob Kelly because of the two touchdowns he got most recently against Seattle. So, you know, I I would say give it to Rob, lean on Rob a little bit. But Chris Thompson's used all over the field. He could be a weapon for this team. Uh, Rob Kelly, both of them are running back threes. Vernon Davis, if he is healthy to go and Josh Reed is not, then Vernon Davis is worth the plug-in play for you. 
Next game up we have is Los Angeles Chargers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jaguars won their first home game of the season. Most recently, they are 5-3. and three. And so is Tennessee. They're both in the playoffs if the playoffs started today, four and five respectively. And with anyone winning and the other team losing, that team's going to overtake the AFC South. What do you think about this one, Mike? Yeah, this is a huge game for Jacksonville. They don't play well at home, uh, two and two at home. But, you know, the, the Jaguars have one thing that a lot of teams only wish they had, and that's a great defense starting to call the town Saxonville. It's a good thing for Jacksonville overall. Oh, and they do the other thing you have to do in football week in, week out. They run the ball, and they run the ball well, led by Leonard Fournette. Now, last week, due to some team violations, Fournette was a late-minute scratch. Uh, this is a situation where he's had some fun with it during the week, talking about he's been on time now and so forth. So I don't think he's being disrespectful with it. I think he's just trying to be playful and have some fun and letting people know he's learned his lesson. He's a young player. There's going to be more lessons to come. But Leonard Fournette, number three running back this week. On the other side of the ball for the Chargers, well, Melvin Gordon, a number six running back this week. So it's definitely going to be the ground attack. It's definitely going to be the defense. And, you know, this is one of those games where the left coast team is coming 1 o'clock. A lot of people say, oh, the Chargers could pull the upset. You know, more so than not, when a California team comes out and plays a 1 o'clock game East Coast, you know, everybody knows this. This is a Vegas thing as well. You know, they're going to lose the game. So I look for Jacksonville to pull this out. Both quarterbacks are probably going to perform about the same. Rivers is the better of the two quarterbacks, but he's facing the Jacksonville defense. So I've got him as a very low-end quarterback, too, this week. Blake Bortles is Blake Bortles. He's the number 22 over quarter, overall quarterback this week. So Blake Bortles, another quarterback, too, this week. And then Keenan, same thing. I think Keenan Allen's the better of the two receivers, but he's going up against Jacksonville. I got them similarly ranked at number 26 and number 29, respectively. And Hunter Henry, number 13 receiver, uh, number 13 tight end this week for the Los Angeles Chargers. Again, I think he's a better player than this, but he's been inconsistent at times. And Mercedes Lewis, again, he shows up, doesn't show up, shows up, doesn't show up. This might be a surprise week for Mercedes Lewis. I got him a low-end tight end too this week. Yeah, this is a huge game for Jacksonville. The Chargers usually play them well no matter where they are on the West Coast or the East Coast. So it's a big game that Jacksonville has to keep winning. And the Chargers are 3-5. and five. And guess what, folks? If they win and they keep moving, they're going to be better than the Broncos. And the Broncos go from number one defense in the country to the worst team of the AFC West. Phillip Rivers, listen, I'll say something about Jacksonville and their defense. They don't make it easy. So Phillip might have a touchdown or two, but... Some teams have beaten Jacksonville because of special teams. They've beaten, I mean, when you're playing Jacksonville in Jacksonville, and I'm on site at these games, it's been special teams, it's been running the ball, it's been just exhaustion over time and getting one. I mean, it's literally one or two plays that the Jaguars' defense lets through. So Melvin Gordon, I put him out there in this game. I like Melvin Gordon in this game. He's been consistent throughout the year. You can't keep him off the field. Travis Benjamin, I like him too. I mean, we look at consistency of Tyrell Williams, Keenan Allen, and Travis Benjamin. None of them have been consistent, but Benjamin and Allen are worth your thought, and Melvin Gordon is worth uh, your play. I think that Benjamin and Allen, you can argue either one of them as a flex or a low-end two, but Melvin Gordon is is a one at, at running back. 
On the other side of it, Leonard Fournette, he's your one at running back. Thank goodness he's been on time to practice. I love it. I appreciate it. Mercedes Lewis, interesting, Mike. I got good vibes from that, too. Remember, Mercedes went on the road. He did some awesome things. When they went over to London, the man was going crazy. So he was their top or second highest receiver most recently. So that is is worth a thought as well. And Marquise Lee is a flex guy for you. Alan Hearns has played under the radar and has been insignificant in fantasy this year, unfortunately. So I can't tell you to put him out there for you as we move forward. Marquise Lee practiced limited on Thursday with a knee injury, so just make sure you watch that. And he is questionable. Jalen Ramsey is questionable too at cornerback. So just re- just make sure that you're, he has a groin injury. So make sure you're watching those because one of them affects the Jaguars' receiving attack. The other one affects affects the Jaguars going up against receivers of the Chargers. So Benjamin Allen and Gordon on one side, and then Mercedes Lewis, uh, potentially Marquise Lee, and definitely Leonard Fournette with Jacksonville. And consider Jacksonville's defense and special teams, but I wouldn't say 100% definitely play because they're at home, and for some odd reason, they struggle at home at times. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. The next game I want to get into, Mike, is Houston at Los Angeles, the other Los Angeles, and that would be the Rams. So let's see what we have here with the Houston Texans and the Los Angeles Rams. Your thoughts on this one? Well, I think it's going to be all Los Angeles. You know, they, they've been playing well. Jared Goff's been ahead of the schedule. expected him to be at, and I'm sure this is great news for Los Angeles. You know, Todd Gurley had a, is having a phenomenal season compared to where he's been in the, in the recent past. He's been up and down. Now he's back up again. So this is going to be a game that should be where the Rams manhandle Houston. You know, Jared Goff, number seven quarterback this week. Tom Savage, other side of the ball, number 28 quarterback, not so much. Lamar Miller is going to lead the running attack for Houston. He's a number 12 or low-end running back one this week. Well, Los Angeles Rams have a number two running back this week in Todd Gurley. Now, this is where the difference flips around here. DeAndre Hopkins, number six wide receiver this week. Robert Woods, number 23 receiver, and Sammy Watkins, number 33 receiver. On the other side of the ball, well, Will Fuller's been showing up, but not so much as of late. Number 38 overall wide receiver this week. Nothing to report from the tight end scene, but 
you know, Los Angeles Rams seem to be able to get it done. They seem to be able to get it done with special teams, defense. They're at home. I don't think the Houston defense is what it could be without J.J. Watt. So it's just a, a bad situation for Houston heading into Los Angeles. Yeah, and remember the fact that J.J. Watt was healthy and so is Deshaun Watson when Jacksonville took it to him 29-7 to in Houston. Just to let everybody know in case you guys forgot. Houston's playing up against the Rams in this game, and the only person I like from Houston is DeAndre Hopkins. He's the only one I feel good about outside of that. Nobody. Will Fuller, the fifth. He's been doing some really nice things since coming back from injury, but the issue is the fact that we have a new quarterback, and it's how much he's going to involve Fuller. So Fuller's a low-end player, right? He's a flex-wide receiver right now to me. He's a low-end two, high-end three. DeAndre Hopkins, still your one, still could be your one, your low-end one for this game. Uh, As far as the Rams go, learn your lesson. This offense is insanity. So Jared Goff, if you got him, play him. Gurley, play him. Robert Woods and Sammy Watkins, they're worth consideration too, and so is Cooper Cup. I told you last week, if there was ever a good week to play Woods and Watkins, it's against the Giants, and they spanked them last week. So the Rams have a ton of firepower, and obviously you have to look at the fact that they have been consistent with this firepower. Sean McVay, very young coach. I think him and I are the same age, right around, the, I think he's 32 and I'm 32, and he has, he's just done a phenomenal job. I know he's in his early 30s with what he's been able to turn Los Angeles into. Folks, they had this outside of Cooper Cup. They had these guys last year for the most part. They brought in Sammy, you know, but you look at what they've done. They've done with the scraps of other teams, and they've done Todd Gurley was a shell of himself. Nobody could get anything done last year. Jared Goff was held out on the bench forever in a day. And now you look at him, and this team is, is reminding you of Kurt Warner and the Rams back then getting 50 points in a game. So I like the Rams in this one, and I'd also consider their defense and special teams because Houston's all but lost complete control this year. Dallas at Atlanta. So we were asked the question, Chris Thompson of the Skins or Rod Smith of the Cowboys? I lean more on Rod Smith, and I'm going to segue that into this one with with you, Mike. Dallas at Atlanta, Chris Thompson of the Skins or Rod Smith of the Cowboys between the two on one roster, and then what you think about Dallas at Atlanta. Definitely Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson's... You know, there's no, there's no comparison between the two. We've seen Rod Smith shine in the preseason, and I believe Rod Smith has it in him if he gets an opportunity behind that big offensive line in Dallas. But, but Chris Thompson has been the guy that you have to play over the two. It's just, it's night and day. I, I, that's, I, I'm, I don't want to say anything bad, but it's not even a good question. Because Chris Thompson, you just look at the math not even the performance or the matchups, and it's, it's all Chris Thompson. So my apologies for being overly direct there, but it is what it is, Chris Thompson. Rod Smith will be lucky to see the field. I'm sure he's going to, and hopefully when he does, he's going to shine. But Alfred Morris, even though Alfred Morris is going to be the starter, and Alfred Morris has been the third down guy for quite some time, and even though Dallas has that great offensive line, I'm going on Morris ranked as the number 25 running back this week. So the other side of the ball is where the real running backs are in Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman at number seven and number 22 this week. Quarterbacks, very similar in this game. I got Dak ranked number eight and Ryan uh, ranked number five. And then looking at the wide receivers, Julio Jones. I know he's been injured. I know he's had troubles. He's finally hit like 118 yards or whatever he hit here last time. 
I think things are trending up for him. Hopefully, him and, he and Matt Ryan are back on the same page. Julio Jones, number two wide receiver this week. And on the other side of the ball there, I think that the Dez thing is all fake right now. I think he's still dinged up. I think he's still got ankle problems. I think Terrence Williams is going to be where the value is. But I have Terrence Williams as a number 43 wide receiver this week. I have Dez as a number 21 wide receiver. Maybe he'll pick up a goal line score or something. I think they're going to limit his snaps and his targets. Now, Austin Hooper's been turning it on as of late. Austin Hooper, the number 11 tight end uh, for Atlanta. But Jason Witten's where the value's at in tight end. Number 8 tight end this week. This should be an interesting game fantasy-wise. This should be an interesting game because of the off-field issues. This should be an interesting game because of the on-field issues and injuries. But um, definitely some fantasy points going to be scored in this game on both sides of the ball. Yeah, you know, and Dallas at Atlanta, I think, I think you know, Dallas could make Atlanta look really good. I feel like this is one of those games where you're like, oh, Atlanta's out of it. They got nothing. They're 4-4. Four and four, And then Dallas makes them look pretty. But, you know, in this game, obviously, you can't play Ezekiel Elliott, but hold the phone on that one because five minutes before the game, he could, make, you know, do that spin move and end up back on the field again. So, as of right now, Dallas has to rely on Rod Smith and Alfred Morris. I think that Rod could do some nice things in this game. He's a big-time sleeper, but I think that if you got to flex out somebody, he's an option for you. I do like Chris Thompson. I know I said Rod Smith over Chris Thompson, and that's only because of the fact that Rod Smith is behind Dallas's line, and I think that, you know, Rod really had, I mean, sky's the limit for him this week. Chris Thompson, though, I understand Mike's thoughts, and I understand the sentiments because Chris Thompson's been involved every week. He's been a big-time rusher. They just don't rush him enough, and he's been a guy involved in the passing game. So let me let me rephrase what I said on live radio. Let me Let me think about it, ponder it, and say, Rod Smith is not terrible for you to put out, but I would very much recognize Chris Thompson above Rod Smith. If it's between the two, play Chris Thompson. If you have Rod Smith, you're going to go out and get somebody, and you're going to put him out there as a sleeper flex guy. I understand that. But Chris Thompson is a good bet to score some fo- to score some points. And the only problem I have with Chris Thompson, third season out of Florida State, is that Washington does not use him enough. It's not what he's doing. It's that they're not allowing him the opportunity to do more. Dallas at Atlanta, I like Dak Prescott in this game. I like Cole Beasley in this game. I also would would look at the potential of Jason Witten. He's a low-end for me, a low-end one, high-end two, I would say, for this week, comfortably. But Jason Witten is out there as an opportunity for you. Uh, like I said, Dak. Terrence Williams is another option, but I have a feeling that Cole Beasley is going to get some of those nice targets. So just look out for Cole on that side of it. On the side of it for Atlanta, checking the injury report really quick just to give you any updated notes as far as the Falcons go. Uh, Matt Bryant is questionable, their kicker. Julio Jones didn't participate in Thursday's practice with an ankle injury. This man, unfortunately, has had either an ankle, a foot, or both injuries for the last three seasons, including this season. Hopefully he's healthy enough to go, and God be with him, and I hope that he gets better soon. If he is a go, Julio Jones is the guy to play. Austin Hooper is an option for you in this game as well. And Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, I know that they're so up and down, but I can't tell you to stay away from either one of them. So 
they're worth the play, even though Atlanta's struggling in reality. In fantasy, they still got a bunch of guys worth the play. And Matty Ryan is worth consideration as well. He's he's a low-end one for me this week. He's been up and down, but he is a he's a low-end one because I still think he can get you a couple touchdowns at least. As far And because if their kicker is going to be out, there's going to be more pressure on him to score the ball that way. New York Giants at the San Francisco 49ers. A team with, well, put it to you like this. Between these two teams, their record is 1-16. Thoughts on this one, Mike? This is the battle for the top draft pick is what this is. This is going to be an abysmal game, I'm sure. But usually the ones that you think are going to be the worst end up being the best for for, you know, in-game reasons as you're watching a game, you know, little inside plots develop. And I think the biggest thing to develop is going to be the ability to run the ball and the ability to not run the ball. Well, the Giants have the ability, well, or sorry, I should say inability, of running the ball behind Orleans Darkwell and Wayne Gallman. Orleans was 14 running back this week, and that's only because he's the best guy available. And then Carlos Hyde, number nine running back this week for Sam Fran. He's going to be leading the charge there. Matt Bryden and Wayne Gallman, I, I don't even know if they'd see the field on my team if they were on my bench at all. Eli and C.J. Beathard. Now, Eli, this is a guy who's got a Hall of Fame career, a couple Super Bowl championships. You know, he's a guy that's been MVP, MVP the Super Bowl, yet I have him ranked only two spots above C.J. Beathard. Actually, I have him ranked two spots below C.J. Beathard in this game. Eli number 17 this week, C.J. Beathard number 15. Eli not being able to make things happen. C.J. hasn't been able to make things happen either, but this is what we got. You know what? Sterling Shepard is back, and he's the best wide receiver on the team right now. He's the wide receiver one. So just for targets alone, you got to give him the number 16 ranking at wide receiver this week. But on the other side of the ball, they don't have a receiver. They have on neck injury so Marquise Goodwin is going to be the number one guy but I can't give him anything I can't even let him see the field I don't even want him on my team he's the number 39 wide receiver this week now here's where the value is the tight end Evan Ingram number two tight end this week now this is going to be a great play for you but the sneakiest play of the week is going to be Garrett Selleck tight end for San Fran now think about this the Giants have been abysmal on defense, especially in the secondary. Guys that haven't been banged up are getting suspended, getting told to leave the team and don't come back. You're on suspension. Well, if you're having problem problem defending the pass, a guy like Garrett Selleck, who's going to be the security blanket for C.J. Beathard, is a nice sneaky pick. He's a nice daily pick. He's a nice quick pickup if you got a guy on a bye this week. He's going to get you maybe six, seven looks and maybe a touchdown. Don't expect a lot of performance but nobody's going to see this guy coming. And Mike, say that again for everybody that's that's that, that just heard that but needs to hear it again. Well, no one's going to see Garrett Selleck coming. This is a guy who is going to be a pick that's a sneaky pick, whether it's daily or whether it's this week for a buy replacement or whether it's just you want to be risky. Don't expect too much, maybe six or seven targets and a touchdown, but this is a guy coming and Garrett Sellett. Garrett Sellett, the security blanket for C.J. Beathard. He's the number one guy there now, and he'll be rewarding you this week if you play him. Interesting, interesting pick by Mike. As far as this game goes for me with the Giants and the Niners in San Francisco, if this was the old Candlestick Park, the lights would be out. 
Orleans Darqua, I listen, he's playing San Fran. So I give him a shot. And Evan Engram, too, at the tight end position. So either one of these guys and Sterling Shepard, like Mike said, they can all have opportunities here. The Giants might actually look good in this game. On the other side of it, it's Carlos Hyde for San Fran. I'll make it very easy for you. New England at Denver. Some might have thought this might have been a playoff game. This might have been a game that decides who goes to the Super Bowl. Instead, it's the New England Patriots doing what they do, and the Denver Broncos now on their third quarterback. Thoughts? Well, the only thing Denver has going for them is they're playing at home. It's the only place they seem to be able to win a game is at home. They're what, 0-4 on the road. This is a team in New England that does what they need to do to win the game. They have that Seattle mentality. They have that mentality of some other strong teams where they will the team the victory, where they get the most out of their individual players, and they march down the field and score on you, and they do what's important in stopping people from scoring on you. Now, I know New England's had some woes on defense, and they still do. They have problems pressuring the quarterback, and you have to pressure the quarterback if you're going to win the game in the NFL. You have to pressure the quarterback, and you have to be able to protect your quarterback. Well, New England's been able to muster up enough to win some games, and Denver supposed to have this number one defense. Well, not so much. They've been they it, they've been atrocious at times. I got Brady as the number two quarterback this week. Brock Osweiler, that's right, Brock Osweiler getting the start for Denver. He's a number nineteen quarterback this week. Don't count on him. Deion Lewis, number seven overall running back this week. But the sneaky play at running back is going to be Rex Burkhead. Now, I have him ranked very low, number 48 running back this week. But, again, if you're looking for that sneaky player and you need somebody and you're in dire straits, Rex Burkhead could be the guy. On the other side of the ball, running the ball, C.J. Anderson's been abysmal. He's been losing touches to Devontae Booker. Devontae Booker, one of my shining stars in the last year. Well, he's coming back from the injury, and here he goes. He's starting to out-touch and getting more touches week by week. And even Jamal Charles can't get on the field. So, although I have C.J. Booker ranked, I'm sorry, C.J. Anderson ranked number 30, Devontae Booker 42, and Jamal Charles 49 as far as running this week, my money long-term in this situation is on Devontae Booker. So, if he's available, go ahead and pick him up. He's available in just about every league. He's, I think he's available in like over 90% of leagues out there now. So, if you need a running back, now, it's not going to happen overnight. He may not have a great game this week, but down the stretch, this is a guy who's going to help you in Devontae Booker. Wide receiver, well, it's going to be Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is the guy in in New England, but Gronk. Gronk is almost a wide receiver in a giant lineman's body. That's what makes him the number one overall tight end week in, week out. And as far as receiving the ball for Denver, Demarius Thomas, he's the number 10 wide receiver this week. Emmanuel Sanders. Now, check, make sure he's healthy and can make the field again. Number 28 overall wide receiver this week. And A.J. Derby, the, another sneaky play who's been coming on strong recently at the tight end position. Number 21 tight end this week. Don't expect a lot, but if you're in a pinch, A.J. Derby may do you just fine this week. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a very uh, interesting game between the two teams because of the injury report and what's going on. Uh, Chris Hogan is doubtful with a right shoulder injury for the Patriots. Danny Amendola who's been, unfortunately, on the injury report for years. Knee injury has got him on there again at wide receiver for the Patriots. As far as the Broncos go, they have Benny Fowler the third back on the injury report. Ankle injury, he was limited on Thursday. 
and is questionable. Demarius Thomas is limited right now as well and is questionable for the game. C.J. Anderson is, is questionable for the game, but his play has been questionable, like what I did there. And so as we move forward with this game, I like Tom Brady, I like James White, and I like Rex Burkhead. I think that with, with some injuries to the receiving core of New England, they've already gone to James White and Rex Burkhead recently with Amendola and Hogan out there. So I like White, I like Burkhead, I like Rob Gronkowski, I like, uh, of course, Tom Brady on this game going up against Denver in Denver. As far as the Broncos go, not a huge fan of Brock Osweiler. Demarius Thomas, if he's good to go, I like him in this game. I would consider Emmanuel Sanders because you can air it out against New England. They don't have a good secondary. Devontae Booker, this will be interesting. If they air it out and they do well with this, we know how well Kansas City ran on them, but we know that Kansas City has a wide receiver that runs all over the place at Tyreek Hill, and they have a really good rookie running back, Kareem Hunt. Devontae Booker, though, is still a high-end three in a flex position for me this week. Final game, Monday night, November 13th, Miami at Carolina. What do you have for this one, Mike? Well, there's some imbalances on this game, and it's all weighted toward Carolina's side. Cam Newton, the number four quarterback this week. You know, I know he's had some problems in the past couple weeks, but he's overcome them, and he's overcome the, the departure of Kelvin Benjamin as well. You could tell at the press conference, you know, regarding the departure of Kelvin Benjamin, he was just heartbroken. And, you know, but it's a business, and these guys got to remember that. And, you know, life moves on, and next man up. Cam Newton, number four quarterback. Oh, we lost Mike here for a second. He's talking about Cam Newton as the number four quarterback. Let's see if we can pull Mike back up here for this final thing. Miami at Carolina. We apologize for the technical difficulties. We have Mike back. So, Mike, you were saying Cam Newton and go from there. Cam Newton is the guy to have if you're looking for a quarterback in this game. Cam Newton, the number four quarterback this week. He's overcome a lot between the departure of Kelvin. You could see it at the press conference when he was asked about it. But, he's, you know, it's a business, and it's next man up. And, that you know, that for the team, the next man up is Devin Funches. Devin Funches is, has come around strong. The leading team. Every has proven more beneficial as a receiver. They can line him up wide, and they can throw him soft screens and bubble screens all day, and this is a guy who can get it done. Number 15, running back. Funches, number 18, wide receiver. And Ed Dixon, to the surprise of everyone, has been getting it done as a number 15 tight end this week. Now a sneaky play down the week, down the road, week 12, Greg Olsen. be again, if you're not weeks ahead, you're a week behind. What would be better for you as a playoff contending team heading into the playoffs than to have a Greg Olson all of a sudden show up on your team? That might boost things for you tremendously because don't don't forget, he's usually the leading receiver on the team. And when he comes back, I think he's going to be fully back and fully on the field. On the other side of the ball in this game, the uh, Kenyon Drake and Damian Williams show 31-35 and 35 uh, respectively, as far as running backs go. I think long-term, Drake is going to be the guy. But Damian Williams seemed to have some speed and some kick and some pop to him in that last game. If you saw the replays of the goal line game, he spun around and really lunged forward toward the end zone, really gave it all he had. Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker, number 19 
and 20 receivers this week. And Julius Thomas showed up a little bit last week, but still, I'm keeping things in perspective. He's the number 23 overall tight end this week. Yeah, to take a look at at where we stand right now for this game, as far as Miami going up against Carolina, this is a lot of Carolina. I want to go to the injury report really quick, though. Cam Newton's shoulder injury was limited. You know that he'll go and push himself to go as much as he can uh, for the most part. Curtis Samuel, wide receiver rookie, he has an ankle injury. He's questionable. Greg Olson is, expects to return for Week 12 against the Jets. Mike just said that to you. Keep that in mind because next week he's probably not going to be out there and in week 12 when everybody's looking for him probably definitely is not going to be out there for you Damian Williams has an illness he didn't practice on Thursday for the Dolphins that's your injury side of things as far as who to play well Jay Cutler if you got a two quarterback situation not a bad guy to put out there as far as running the ball Kenyon Drake's been getting the majority of the carries he is a flex option a low end three Julius Thomas finally got involved in the offense. That's been nice. Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, both guys to look at. I feel more, I feel better about putting Jarvis Landry out there. Julius Thomas is a thought in a two tight end set. As far as Carolina goes, if Cam Newton's healthy and, and good enough to go. I like Cam Newton in the game because he's been rushing you for a touchdown at least. Christian McCaffrey finally got his rushing touchdown. He's involved on both sides. And Devin Funches has had to step up in the absence of Greg Olson and Kelvin Benjamin getting traded. So I like those guys too as well moving forward. That is Fantasy Football Friday for Week 10. We went well over the normal ending of the live broadcast for Wake Up Call, but that's to make sure you have the information you need. We will go the extra mile for you. We appreciate you doing it for us by subscribing and becoming a member to wakeupcalldt.com, as well as working with and getting a subscription at halloffamefantasyfootball.com with Mike Sofka. Mike, as always, I appreciate your time. I'm happy you're with me, brother, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Happy fantasy this week. Sounds great. Thanks, Dan. Talk to you soon. All right, man. Take care. That coming from Mike Sofka one more time, and myself, Dan Tortora, for Fantasy Football, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. Very excited about what's coming up this weekend. Jam-packed. I am at Lees and Staggerwald for Cornell at Syracuse pregame tonight at 5 p.m. The game's at 7. We're there at 5. So just remember in your head, two hours before game time, because that's how it is every single week that we have uh, an event here at home for football or basketball. It's just two hours before game time. So 5 p.m. tonight, Lees and Staggerwald for Cornell at Syracuse pregame talk with myself and Syracuse basketball alum Dale Shackelford. If you bring your game ticket, your game day ticket for Cornell at Syracuse, you will get your first beer for free. The Wake Up Call Pub Nachos are available, and you can hang out with us and watch the show and ask some questions and get an autograph from Dale as well. So come see us tonight, Cornell at Syracuse pregame, Lees and Staggerwald, 5 p.m., 117 East Fayette Street in Syracuse, New York, minutes from the Carrier Dome. Saturday, November 11th, we're back at Lees and Staggerwald at 1 p.m. for the Syracuse-Wake Forest game. So come out and see us there for football, Rob Drummond and myself. Same setup, same deal. Bring your ticket. You get your first beer for free. Then we have deals on drinks all the way after that. 
The Wake Up Call Pub Nachos are there for you as well. Great conversation, the opportunity to take pictures and get an autograph from Rob Drummond. So, Friday, November 10th, 5 p.m. Lees and Staggerwald. Saturday, November 11th, 1 p.m. at Lees and Staggerwald. Come and see us for basketball tonight, football tomorrow on 117 East Fayette Street in downtown Syracuse. And, of course, make sure that you're following on Twitter at CallDT, on Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT, on Facebook at WakeUpCallDT, and, of course, that you say you're going on the Syracuse basketball pregame and Syracuse football pregame event pages. I love you all. I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a great, great time today. Be good to yourself. Bear the colds in a smart way. Bundle up and be good to your loved ones and and make some new friends. Reach out to somebody and show some love. Just make sure that you do the best you can with what you got. Remember, success is relative. Be the best you can be. And I promised that I would read Ecto Kors' quote, so I'm going to do that right now. When he said to me today, success is humility. And humility is found in God. So if success is humility and you find humility in God, then success is God. And God is success. Remember that. Have a great day. I hope to see you tonight and tomorrow. And I look forward to hanging out with you Monday through Friday right here on the air on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, mixlr.com backslash DT from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. If for some reason you can't make the live shows, it'll be on MixLR as well. So become a member so you're ready for it. God bless you, and I'll see you tonight at 5 at Lee's and Staggerwald. I'll see you tomorrow at 1 p.m. there as well. Be good.